0: You have got a couple of kids, so I have so a couple you've kids. Had to, you've had you've had to deal with your wife being in labor <laughs> a couple of times. Oh baby, yes, four times. Did you ever? You know, did you ever decide to go diving while your wife was in labor, or get 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 stuck well, like I don't... you were diving, then you found out your wife was in labor?
1: No, I don't like to drink and dive. So like, I was at the bar <laughs> for most of them. <laughs> no i am kidding for those people without a sense of humor uh no i was i was right there and my wife uh yeah not to describe her labor but it wasn't wasn't a terrible you know like the horror stories you ha- hear And maybe that was part of the deal with um you know why i have four Is it wasn't wasn't painful enough, I guess. Or she's just a tough broad, which she is a tough she's broad. She's a tough. She is a tough cookie. Yes. Yeah,
0: so, so the first one, she was like, "Oh, this was nothing. It wasn't as bad as I was expecting."
1: And she wouldn't take painkillers or any. You know, sometimes they want to give you a Demerol or a... a what is that called? The epidural. Epidural. Thank you. All those years in the medical field. Off,
0: you know, <laughs> uh, my, uh, my <laughs> wife loves gray <laughs> standard
1: but anyway yeah her labor not not horrible i mean i'm not gonna try to uh Downplay it to the point like it was nothing. It's still uh it's still Never took her... Never but, uh, got to
0: the point of no return.
1: The point of no return, which is what? That's
0: the title of this week's show. The point of no return. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Great Time Podcast, nice everybody. You're here with... <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but I would like to play one on television, Jamesing,
1: And that's funny...
0: He doesn't look like me, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Brandon. Happy post-Labor Day, everybody. I hope you guys had a good Labor Day weekend.
1: Yes. Happy post-Labor Day to all our moms out there. Because this is the best time for them. I think they're exhausted, but they're full of endorphins from just, you know, popping those kids out. Is that a good way to put it? Popping them out. Popping those kids out. Popping them out, pushing those, all those uh, little creatures out, continuing the, to push our human race forward.
0: And they're probably all back to school now that uh, this, yeah. this episode's out it, post-Labor after Day. Labor Day. Mm-hmm. you Labor know, Day. So now those moms are <clears throat> kicking back all afternoon with a glass of wine with all the, the rest of the little local moms in the neighborhood. Because that's exactly what they did. I, you know. They're, they're probably having say, a pillow I, fight right now. <laughs> <laughs> Next to the pool.
1: In their bikinis. Just I, how uh, I've
0: always imagined. Yeah. But hey, we're going to talk about a different type of labor today. I was
1: going to say, hold on. I got a good segue okay, here. I got right, a go good segue. Because w- w- being a stay-at-home father and watching the Wiggles and Barney. And uh, the Tinky Winky of the of whatever the fuck the that show winks. was. Sorry, my my leg. No, they weren't tiddly Winks. They were close. That's close to tiddly. the. It's the, the Tubby Wubbies. I Teletubbies. Teletubbies. Thank you. There you go. Telet, you know, those are just a couple. There's there's so many more, but those songs get stuck in your head. Anyway, I missed being in the labor force, in the workforce. I actually missed it a lot, you know, the the interaction with full-grown adults and uh, stimulating my intellect a little bit. But uh, that, I think I missed it a ton. And that's why I, I was always looking for, you know, I would start teaching, teaching with GUE and uh, pulling time at the shop and whenever I'd have spare hours and doing some construction work with a friend who owns a construction company, stuff like that. You miss it. You miss being in the labor force. It's
0: not all that well, bad. Well, this is about that kind of labor today. Not the labor of the ladies, that. but the labor of the working scuba instructor. And sometimes, as excited as you were to try to get back into that labor force, sometimes when you're doing that work over and over and over again, it can get a little mundane and you know, the the spirit... You know, starts to die away a little bit, and things get monotonous, and you uh, you get a little complacent, breaking some rules. You pass that point of no return, and bad things can happen. That's what this story is out of scuba diving magazines. Lessons for life from uh, this is from a couple of years ago by good old Eric Douglas. Once again,
1: Eric Douglas. He's, uh, he's given us a few articles for for discussion.
0: That's good. But it's got a lot of the stuff that we like in it. Some deep diving in it. Some advanced open water diving education classes in it. It's got low on air. It's got the, you know, getting a little cocky underwater. Dealing with students. It's got cavern zone and cave zone, you know, toying with uh, toying with that little separation of the darkness that, Lures the diver in. This is about old Scuba Steve getting a little cocky as a as a new instructor. Oh, here we go. How were you as a new instructor?
1: Were you cocky? Did you come back with that that card, that patch, put it on your jacket,
0: go with the well, rest I walked of I walked right and, into uh, the into the dive shop stri- like Sit Sit down, down, you old-time instructors. There's a new sheriff in town. (laughs) Things are going to change around here. Do you know how many standard (laughs) violations? I just did the exam on standards (laughs) and procedures.
1: Now go get my tanks. Fill them up and get them in my car. I want them all suited up and ready to rock and roll. There's a new sheriff. There is is a new sheriff in town when you come back like that. Holy moly. That is a fun... uh,
0: that's another fun conversation is, you know, that absolutely the, the time it takes to get into your groove as an instructor.
1: Yeah, it takes a little while. It takes a few students that are willing to uh, put up with a green, newly minted instructor, uh, kind of feeling their way through to the real-life classroom situation versus all the simulations in, uh, in the IDC. But I, uh, I will say, GUE, we had a real class. I had to teach a real class in front of my uh, instructor va- evaluators.
0: Yeah, that's the way it's been with me with UTD. Is you're basically interning, and the instructors go take over, right? Do it.
1: It's you, baby. Start your stuff. Then, then they, uh, you know, they watch you yeah. ball. <laughs> 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 And they're like, what the fuck are you doing? Did you, Have you not been paying attention to anything for the past you, two years? Are
0: you even <laughs> open water certified? What are you, what are you doing here? <laughs> what the I would say one of the things that dive instructors face is complacency in the water with doing the same dive over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again. You know, and to them, it's, you know, we're going to do a couple of skills. We're going to swim from platform A to platform B and... We're going to go over to the wall and we're going to follow the wall around and over to the boat and back to the platform A and make her a little circle. And they do that same dive over and over and over and over again. Mm. And they've lost a bit of the that excitement and that zeal for being in the water. They're just running through that motion every weekend over and over and over and over. Repetitiveness breeds
1: complacency. Yeah
0: doesn't it and that as an instructor can you know it's it it can cause you to just overlook things that you should be catching in your peripheral right it causes you to to not see the big picture because you just get into that repetitive zone of of moving around and it can get you in trouble and that's kind of what happened here in this story with scuba steve he got bored Although he was, he got bored. And Although he was, you know, enjoying doing what he was doing, and he, he liked being a scuba instructor, you know, you know, doing the same dive again, you know, things were just getting dull. Eric tells us in the story that he felt like he wanted to do something to spice things up for his own excitement and entertainment a bit, you know.
1: Absolutely, I. I, I... That's that's kind of s- smart in a way. It depends on how you spice things up. I mean, do you do anything as, as an instructor teaching a, a class that you've done a lot, you know, many times? Do you do something to change it up? Or do, have you come to appreciate that no matter what, every class is different because every person is different and they present different strengths and weaknesses and, and personality
0: traits and whatnot? Well, yes. I mean, that, that's been me for many years. it's why I've moved my style of teaching to what I do is because I was, in reality, I was always breaking the rules of the modular school education process of it's, you know, A through Z, you know, not A, F, C, X, you know, (laughs) which is typically how I do a class is, you know, I I feel out the students. And I, I roll with it. I know we've got to get everything done, but sometimes certain things present themselves as more of a necessity sooner than later to put out a, a, a better, accomplished, and more understanding student.
1: Well, I, th- I think that's because you you view your job differently. You're not so much an instructor, although instruction is part of your job. I think you are a teacher, and you're not even, you're, which I think encompasses more than being, quote, unquote, an educator. I think a teacher is, you know, teaches, in other words, uh, versus an instructor, which just says this is what to do and this is, this is how I'm going to teach you to do it. It's th- about if that makes
0: sense. the yeah. students' learning at the end of the day. Like, like what is going to get them to learn what we're doing rather than just me like, presenting a, an educational model?
1: And I think it's even more, James. Because I think you you can you can know the path, and that's learning. But you to to really teach someone, you have to get them to walk the path. So does that make any sense? It's a little bit different than just saying, "Here's the material. Here's some quizzes. You're going to do these skills. I'm going to see if you do them correctly. And once you do, I'm going to check a little box, and we're going to." Move forward, and once all the boxes are checked, I'm going to give you this nice little card. Versus trying to actually change their mindset and uh, educate them to a a viewpoint, a philosophy of diving.
0: That's yeah, that makes sense. That's exactly how I feel. You know, it's about can can I change your behavior to this new this new path that you want to go down? And whether that's I've never taken diving and I want to learn to dive, or I am a diver, and I want to dive better. Uh, I am an experienced diver, but I want to go deeper. I mean, all of those require a a change in what your past behavior was to what your new behavior is. And at the end Mm -hmm. of the class is always going to be, okay, let's go do a dive. Show me that you've got all of this down. Right. So
1: every class is a little different. Every class uh, I think you get excited for and For that reason, that complacency is gone. You know, that boredom, if you will, is gone because it's uh, it's a new day, new new people, and uh, new fun, actually, if that's the right word, too. I mean, uh, because at the end of the day, you're having fun
0: teaching these people. Now, for Scuba Steve, he had (laughs) two divers that were doing okay in the water, but they kicked up a bunch of silt.
1: Son of a bitch. That never happens with new dives,
0: And that's where the fun yeah. ends. That's where you go, okay, <laughs> so get these guys. I'm out of here. I'm going to go do something else. Dive's over. And he decided that he was just going to let them sit there and wait in their mucky siltiness that they had kicked up and wait for it to clear. And in the meantime, he was just going to go take a little look around uh, that little cavern right over here by where they were. So they crashed into the bottom, kicked it all up. And he said, "All right, I'm not dealing with this. I'm going to go for a little swim. I'll come back in a few minutes after everything clears." Mm-hmm. And um, I get, I get his, <laughs> because I've had students make dumb errors underwater, and you want to just go, "Oh my God, I don't have time for this. They're not paying me enough for this." I could have, I could have been yeah. out. I I had to cancel the charter. I was going to go with my buddies to be down here right. to to do this class. I see where his mindset is, although it's the wrong place to be when you're teaching. Right? You're, you're not there for you. You're there for the students.
1: I think I, you and I are on the same page. That is a learning opportunity right there for the students to, to actually see this is what happens when it gets silted out. Because even if you have great technique and you don't silt it out, someone else in that environment with you can uh, especially like as you get into cave diving, you can be in a cave. You you enter the cave going upstream, into the current, and all hell must have broken loose. You know, a thousand feet up or five thousand feet up or whatever, and you'll just see a this cloud of of murk. You know, uh, if it's in a it, especially if it's in a clay environment, a clay cave, because that milky clay water just starts coming at you, and you're in it. And you can't see anything, so it may not have been you that even did it. But it's nice to have the experience of having been in a uh, a silt out or a low viz or a loss of viz situation. Yeah, no doubt
0: about it. This is, I think, a key area to really enhance the learning. The most is in a situation like this, right? Not to to sit there and go, Mm -hmm. "I only teach in clear water conditions." (laughs) But (laughs) to me, the silt out is okay. This is what happens next when you silt this out, right? Let's, let's kick it up a notch so that you get the full effect of why it's so important to preserve the visibility when you can. Not just yell at them later on the dive boat or yell at them later at the pub while we're signing logbooks, having, mm-hmm. having dinner and a, and a cocktail. But no, you're going you're gonna to learn it so that you get to the surface and you go, wow. Boy, I'm not going to kick up the silt like that again because I just learned yeah. that was that went really bad. That went from bad to worse pretty quick.
1: Plus, they learn what's the proper reaction to being found in a a silt out or a loss of visibility. What what should I do? Um, again, it's it's no fun learning in a real life situation.
0: <laughs> no, know. no, it's that's, <laughs> that. Hopefully you have an instructor that's able to mold his class around the conditions that are being presented and not just have to go through that checking the boxes of of a lot of the the forced structure of a lot of instruction out there
1: right so i mean the other the other caveat to that is if you're going to teach them you know or you're going to use that silt out as a learning experience you have to do it safely
0: <laughs> You would uh, you'd like right. to say <laughs> that that goes without saying, but right, it, yeah, right, yeah, right, that right. that's right. the the slippery slope of of just a, you know a, a standard you know big agency instructor trying to toy with that. That takes a lot of specialized focused beyond just the beginning IDC to get to that level of control in the water as an instructor, right? You know, to take those bad situations and Ride that line of, you know, sprinkling, sprinkling kerosene around the flame without catching the whole entire gas can on fire. And <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting way of putting this. <laughs> Let's talk about Steve a little bit. Old scuba Steve was a forty-year-old certified dive instructor. He'd been teaching for the past two years, and he'd progressed quickly up the leadership ranks, meeting the minimum number of dives and then taking the next course. Even though he stayed physically active diving nearly every weekend during the diving season, he ate poorly and was a bit overweight he ate poorly. Is that what, what yes. they said? He ate poorly. Yeah. So he was, a, he was a physically active guy. They say so he you know mm-hmm. he wasn't a couch potato, but he uh, you know he wasn't a svelte wedge shaped chested. You know he wasn't the guy taking his shirt off at the dive site. He, he was he was okay. uh, he should have been wearing a. Uh, you know, XL T-shirt. But he went with the two XL T-shirt. If you know what I mean, just you know, it was roomy and he stayed comfortable. It's a moo-moo. yes. You know,
1: he wasn't. The, so was he wasn't he...
0: the guy that should wear a large, but wore the medium. You know, to really show <laughs> off the the shapeliness of his muscles.
1: Ah, uh, the uh, I was going to say the eating poorly thing. I mean, we uh, we've been known to indulge in a. Twizzlers, uh, cheese balls. Twizzlers
0: are fat free.
1: They are fat free. Cheese balls, and are uh, they are the of, official uh, snack
0: of Great Dive Podcast diving events.
1: <laughs> exactly, and, and hot ass <laughs> beef jerky, uh, as, well, as well as topping it off with a, a Red Bull, sugar free, mind you, but a Red Bull. <laughs> so we've been known to, on occasion, maybe skirt. Skirt our own normal dietary, because I don't eat like that every day. I can't. But uh, on the crazy weekends, we might go diving, and with friends, uh, we might have to throw in the, uh, a, a barrel of cheese oh, balls. Listen, there's nothing. Red red there's whips.
0: nothing normal pattern of an essentials weekend of teaching, right? I mean, it's it's a fourteen-hour <laughs> day of yeah. of chaos and. and there's nothing standardized to how it's going to flow and how it's going to go. And you're going to be going hours and hours and hours and hours. You, know, you, you wake up, you have a, some sort of a breakfast, and the next real meal that you're probably eating is at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> you know, And throughout the day, yeah. yeah, you're grabbing a handful of jerky, you're grabbing a handful of Twizzlers. That's why they're so easy is because you just you can walk around, you can talk, you can snack. You don't have the time to to have a meal in in the middle of a day of a class like that. So, so there's nothing normal in that pattern. So it would make sense that your normal dietary pattern isn't going to take place,
1: right? So we modify it. But if I think this, don't try this at yeah, home, I think kids. I,
0: what what he, what Eric is describing here is Scuba Steve. Kind of he kind of liked that that pattern and and changed his normal pattern <laughs> to, you know, waking up with a yes large coffee, a uh, twi- pack of Twizzlers, bag of beef jerky, and uh, a couple of Red Bulls, and, and that became the normal.
1: So, you know, I did say repetition kind of breeds uh, complacency, boredom, complacency. Unless we're talking about unhealthy, shitty food – Which, in that case, repetition
0: breeds cravings for more of it. (laughs) So I I think what Eric's trying to say is that although he's not completely out of shape, he's also not like spot on the perfect image of the perfect dive instructor. You know, he's active. He dives a lot. But... He's got his weaknesses like all of us do.
1: I was going to say, few of us meet that criteria in this crazy world.
0: So he says that on the dive, Steve and his two students showed up at their local lake at 8 on a Saturday morning.
1: Well, there's the problem right there. (laughs) Jesus Christ.
0: (laughs) The students were working on their advanced diver certifications. And they were going to do three dives that day. They started with a dive to 110 feet for their first dive of the day. It was going to be their deep dive. Deep And although uh, it was relatively uneventful, it was a dark and cold (laughs) dive. Steve also led his students on a brief excursion into a cavern system during the dive, the opening of which... Started at about 90 feet underwater. Now, during the surface interval, the two students did what they were supposed to do, which was change out their tanks. But Steve.
1: <laughs> Son of a bitch, Steve.
0: Come on. Was, man. Uh, I, I, I think he w- went for the, the barrel of cheese balls, if you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> Tank schmanks. G-bols. G-bols.
0: He decided he wanted uh, orange lips more than he wanted a uh, fresh tank.
1: Orange lips and fingertips. There you go. Followed with some licorice whips. Yes, I'm a part-time poet. <laughs> I do a, little, do a little poetry on the side.
0: So 45-minute surface interval, log their dives, and about 11 a.m., they started up dive 2
1: groovy and he's on he's still on still single on tank
0: original single tank from a 100 from a 110 foot dive 110 foot b- instructing, instructing wise lines, right? yes. so who knows he I mean he could have a big 120 on 120. his back and he's going to try to stretch it out of two dives or you know there's a lot of instructors that that do <clears> that they <throat> they get the big tank so that they can just you know dive all day on one tank mentality you know wow
1: i think you always want to be you know as the instructor you always want to be the person with the most gas in the room there that's
0: my belief now i i yes now hear me out i don't think there's anything wrong with doing multiple dives on one tank with the caveat being you you still got to know rock bottom When the shit hits the fan and this student needs to share gas all the way up, I still always have to have that. Now, if you've got a a big enough tank that you can stretch multiple dives and never break into rock bottom, okay, so fine. But what we're going to see right now is that was not the level of planning that he had learned in all of his classes and instructor development.
1: Well, let's uh, let's look at that because I'm going to assume he's teaching for just a regular recreational agency. Did you learn anything about gas planning, really, in well, a, in instructor school? I, not, and I, I'm talking about your regular. Oh, zero. Regular you, you learn you,
0: you learn okay. absolutely nothing about. Gas planning in instructor school because the whole time spent learning how to follow the standards and you know learn the the agency's system. It's it's assumed that you already know all that when you go to instructor school. They they're not going to take time to teach that.
1: Yes, it's a very minimum level of diving science, really, or diving knowledge and diving practice. Very minimum, and it is basically focused on. Learning the uh, instructor manual and how to find the standards and how to adhere to them. And I don't, e- I won't even stretch it and say they're telling you why. They just tell you to adhere to them. All the legalities and
0: whatnot of scuba diving instruction. Well, they do teach you to get out there and teach them advanced classes. And that's where he is. Doing dive two. They're going down to 60 feet for dive two. But. They ended up settling down in 85 feet instead, crashing into the bottom, stirred up a bunch of silt and Scuba Steve looked at his two students and signaled for them to stay put and he swam away.
1: Just just swam away or swam out of out of the silt cloud away from them. Did he just swim away? Like I gotta go change out my tanks. Guys. I'll be back. <laughs> I'm done with you guys. I'm. Uh, I need some more
0: cheese balls. I'll be right back. Stay put. <laughs> so the students yeah. believed that they were being tested. He says here, so they obediently remained in place. And when Steve did not return after five minutes, one of the students finally swam around briefly to look for him
1: well it i mean uh, most classes most instructors they run these dives as they're the leader taking these these two students on a dive um versus like the the way you run a run a class um the way i used to run my ge classes the way i run a class we run a class where the students this is your dive this is you've got to plan it i want to see how you plan a dive i want to see how you manage a dive how you lead a dive how it, when things pop up you handle what's been presented to you on a dive it's not me taking you on a dive and uh, you know doing these little check boxes it's you taking me on a dive and when things happen i want to see how you react to them that way i can gauge where you're at with the material that 's been presented and, and how you think, how you logically work through a
0: situation
1: versus just follow you know just follow right. there 's a time and a place and for
0: there. I need to demonstrate this to you, and you 're going to do it right but that 's right. in my opinion that that 's a small part of of the class, especially at this level right. like when you move into the advanced level it's. i mean that 's the conversation that I have with all of my students of. You know, this is how we play the game. You know, it, it's your dive. I'm not babysitting you at this level. You're certified divers. Yeah, you, we're, we're going to learn this new skill. I'm going to show it to you. Then you guys are going to do it. But you're going to plan the dive. You're going to do the dive. You're going to take us to where we're going to go. You're going to work through it rather than it's follow the leader. Like uh, we're, we're not doing follow the leader dives. Right. Like that's, that's for the little kindergarten open water guys. That's That's not us anymore. We are not kindergarten open water guys. Well, with no sign of Scuba Steve, the students ended the dive. They made a safety stop before exiting the water. And when the students returned to the surface, they waited on the top for another 20 minutes and then realized (laughs) he's probably not coming up and decided to to call for help.
1: (laughs) Well, thankfully they didn't, just sit there until they ran out of gas. yeah, right, us, yeah no mean. kidding.
0: He said to stay put. <laughs> Just follow hey, Where orders, are you sir. going? He told us to stay put. <laughs> I mean you could easily see a, a lot of new new divers that if they're told to stay on their knees on a, on the training platform, stay there. <laughs> and the instructor leaves and doesn't yeah. come back, they sit there and watch that needle go He said stay here. <laughs> so a search team immediately began looking for Steve But it was the next day Before recovery divers found his body During
1: the dot, With a barrel of cheese balls next to him An was empty right? barrel of <laughs> cheese balls Empty can of Red Bull <laughs> Barrel of cheese balls And a, in a
0: strawberry uh, Twizzler Sticking in his regulator During the dive, he ventured inside the cavern area, continuing into what would be considered a cave passage. And rescue divers ended up finding his body on the bottom between some rocks. Steve made the dive with no lines. He was found out of air with a dead dive light battery. The coroner ruled his death a drowning.
1: Well, I would think so. I would hope so. Actually, he choked on a cheese ball. Um, I should not be making comical remarks (laughs) on the death of a dive instructor. Um, So do they say, was he cave trained, cavern trained, anything? Did he have any of that training under his belt? He was just a newly minted instructor?
0: He was an instructor that had been teaching for two years, it said. So he's semi-new. I mean, he's two years still. Still pretty new. but. But he's not a cave diver. And uh, interesting point okay. for people who aren't cave divers, they shouldn't go cave diving.
1: Or yeah, if you're not even a cavern diver, don't go in the cavern. Uh, just chill the fuck out. Right. Get and that's some what, training. I mean, that's what uh, cavern
0: training is going to teach you is the beginning steps of. Although you're not cave diving, this you know with a couple of wrong mistakes can turn itself into something very similar to a cave. So there's yeah. rules that you have to follow.
1: I think people should, you know, we'll use this little moment to to remind people. And the only reason I'm thinking of this is because recently, you know, I was I was kind of scolded by a, a diver. I shouldn't say scolded so much, but just the diver became irritated. I was buddied up with him, and I said, "Hey, you know, we're diving some shipwrecks." I said, "Hey, what uh, what do we want to do for a gas plan? Do you got a da- a gas plan?" and he's he stared at me like what do you mean i said well gas when we when we turn the dive how much how much in reserve uh, the, a gas plan you know a gas plan i can tell you what i do but i'm in twins so you're in a single 100 uh let's let's talk about this so i started to talk about it and ask him a few questions and he got really irritated because i think he didn't know how to calculate a gas plan or how to even approach the subject and I said, well, what do you got in your pockets? You know, because I always – I carry a spare mask, and I know this is a cave thing or a deep, deep mix thing. But I carry it on every dive. It's just – it's habit, number one. It's it's a nice c- confidence. You know, it's a confident feeling, like mask breaks or even my partner's right. mask breaks or somebody else's mask breaks. I can help out. And, you know, so I go, what's in your pockets? And he has two pockets. It's none of your business glasses. what's in, in my says, pockets. Nothing. I don't ask you what's he in your pockets. Nothing. You don't even know what's <laughs> in my pockets. <laughs> He had nothing in his pockets. None of your goddamn business. And I, I said, "Well, do you ever carry a spare mask or anything? What are you going to do if you, you uh, lose a mask or your mask implodes or fails the strap break? You know, st- strap break's not that big of a deal, but I've seen lenses implode. My masks have broken underwater and unusable." Um, he said, "He said, quote unquote, I can handle it. I've been through worse." And I said, well, how are you going to do, you know, deco? He goes, I'm just going to the surface. I said, well, so you're going to bend yourself, or possibly worse, all because you could have carried a mask in those empty pockets and fixed the situation. I've handled worse, was his quote. And at that moment, I kind of stopped stopped the talking. And I said, okay, basically, I'm diving with a student. I'm going to be watching him like a student. Like, listen, this is not an ego slam. This is... This is the way we approach diving, and it's all about coming back home easily and comfortably, pulling our stops and having a plan
0: right right well well that's so, a, I think the issue that yeah you're bringing up is this guy's a Training. Well, and this guy's a <laughs> diving professional by by certification that's exactly the issue i'm bringing up that doesn't have mm-hmm. what you and I consider to be one of the most fundamental basics for a beginner diver to have, and that is how to Gas plan exactly. Yeah, that's so exactly, it's what yet, like you said, is... it's, I, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not judging you. I, I, I'm not. This is yeah. not a dig at you. It's yeah. just uh, this is something that I consider foundational that we need to have on every dive. And you just want to blow it off and not yeah. do it. It's like to me, that's like going in the water with without a mask. I would never do it. What would be the fun? No. It'd be like going in the water, not zipping your dry suit. I'd never do it because it would be a terrible idea. It would be like going in the water with what? only one fin on. I I, I, I wouldn't <laughs> do it. it just as like I, I wouldn't go on to any dive without a gas plan.
1: A gas plan, proper equipment. And again, I got to reiterate this, and I reiterate this when I teach. You are not your diving, okay? You are you, and this. I'm here to train you in diving. If I say something about how you're diving, I'm not saying – you're a dick. You're a fuck twit, twat, twat waffle. The fuck. I'm not saying you're a jackass. What I'm saying is you haven't been trained either to to do proper diving or to do a proper plan or to carry proper equipment. I'm gonna show you what what that is. And yes, that is that is my job. That is what I'm supposed to do. This is how proper diving is done according to our agencies, to us. To, and we're the instructors we're the teachers we're trying to show you that's why you came to me <laughs> or if you're diving with me i need to know how you dive because i need to plan
0: accordingly yeah i, I think a lot of people get you know when you question what they're doing they take it personally like a, a, and especially right. anybody with with an instructor card or a dive master mm-hmm. card you know but it's not their fault it's They've given, you now they've been given this, you know. You've been blessed, yeah, the yeah. they been given this yeah. idea that that they do know it all. So I, I get it, James, but, but we but don't. I'm know it. not do it. asking you know it all to to plan a you know a 300 foot technical <laughs> yeah. dive that's out, way out of your league. I'm just saying I want to make sure that you understand that you have enough gas to get us home if something goes wrong. Can you just let me know that you have that? Because I know the number in my head. I just want to make sure that the number in your head is the same. If it's the same, I I won't ask any more questions. But when you go, well, I'll, 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 I'll,
1: I can handle it. I've handled tough. That tells me right there that you don't know
0: exactly what you're talking about. And we need to have another sentence or two or a couple paragraphs Mm -hmm. to figure it out. Yeah. So yeah. I won't
1: go into, any more into that. But, yeah, that's exactly right. So when you're given that instructor card, all, all of a sudden you're you're kind of ordained as you're a know-it-all. And the reality of it is, no, no, you're not. You've been taught to uh, read standards, and you've been, you've been given a little license to tell other people how to dive.
0: Okay, so Eric says that it's easy to grow careless when you do the same thing over and over again. It feels like you're on autopilot and don't really have to pay attention to what you're doing. And that is exactly the point when you get in trouble. In this situation, Steve's students were certified divers. They could technically take care of themselves, although we don't know how much experience they had. But regardless of their experience level, as the instructor in this situation, Steve's obligation was to stay with the students and see them safely through the dive and back to the surface. He says instructors are taught specific methods and techniques on how to teach diving classes. There are standards that are essentially set in stone, and violating those standards is a sure way to get in trouble accidents don't happen every time someone violates standards but when they do the instructor is liable it is likely the instructor's liability insurance would decline to cover the costs of an accident
1: it is likely i don't know instructor insurance is insane now
0: yeah well i mean so depending on the dive you know in a lot of these advanced classes instructor doesn't even have to get in the water <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that before.
1: <laughs> we need to bring that back. The, the, the instructor doesn't even have to get in the water.
0: Right. But you know, on, on the deep dive, you need to be supervising. And they, yeah. although they weren't supposed to go the deep on this dive, so I don't know, it doesn't say what, you know, specific specialty they were doing in this advanced class, but um, clearly they had violated the depth limitation, which is why, in my opinion, an instructor should be in the water on all of those dives because you don't know what Mm. kind of decisions the students are going to make in the water. Thank you. (laughs) And here, you know, Eric reminds us that Steve violated standards on the first dive by taking untrained and unprepared students into the cavern system. You know, so doing the little fun tour on the deep dive, you know, yeah, it was cool and all, but you know, they're untrained. They don't have lines, they don't have lights, they're not supposed to be in a cavern zone. Mm-hmm. It's uh that's a violation of standards right there.
1: Yeah, that standard's a big one. I mean that a doozy that and that is that's one where you violate you might find yourself in a
0: little bit of a uncomfortable situation. He says there's no way to know why Steve didn't change tanks between his dives. He might have been distracted and forgotten to do it. One problem with being a dive instructor alone with students is that the instructor is effectively diving solo. There is no one dedicated to help the instructor perform a buddy check. And that's uh, very much the truth, right? If you are an instructor, Mm -hmm. you are solo diving. For all intents and purposes, Especially somebody doing something completely foreign and new. To them, and it's, it's one thing when you're taking certified students, doing the same environment that they've already done a bunch of their training in. Now you're just going to do, we're going to work on just buoyancy on the same dive you've done a bunch of dives in. That's slightly different. But in, in this, like these guys were completely new to deep diving. They're learning how to control themselves in deep water. They're going to learn how to make an ascent from deep water. They're going to you know learn how to not kick everything up like they ended up doing. Right. So they're like the the students are not making decisions that the instructor can make the assumption that they are qualified divers right now, which means I mean, if you're diving with somebody who's not qualified, you're solo diving. You have to have the solo diver mind like there's no way in hell these guys have the capability of taking care of me. They're barely able to control themselves right now. We've got work to do. Right. It's also possible that Steve chose not to switch out tanks. Often instructors use significantly less air than their students, giving them the ability to do two dives on a single tank and save money on tank fills. Considering the depth Mm -hmm. of the first dive followed by the miscalculated depth of the second dive, this was a dangerous mistake.
1: Yeah, it was uh, a costly mistake. Dangerous and costly. Uh, especially for i mean a mistake like a, a dive like that that it's that's an crazy. absolutely you, you just bought the yeah, farm it's,
0: there it's a line you can't cross rock bottom it, Right. it's a oh, line that, for sure. that cannot under any circumstance be crossed cuz it's it's like my old brando always says it's it's murphy's law right <laughs> the the time you cross murphy's it is the time us. that the shit's going to hit the fan and you're going to have to deal with it. Now you don't have the gas to get home. I, and like I said, you you want to do two dives on one tank? Go ahead. But you have to know what rock bottom is going to be for that dive going deeper than you expected. You have to assume, yeah, we should go to 60 feet here. But if they have the ability to crash down into 90, you got to know that you need enough gas to get everybody home from 90 feet. And, right. and if, as long as you've got yeah. above that, that's fine. And if you wanted to do two dives on one tank and then the student screwed it up and crashed, and you got to come in and go, dude, we got to call the dive. You messed up. Okay, that, that's, you know, that's the learning part, that's the discussion. <clears throat> right. We, got, we, uh, we have to end the dive because I hit rock bottom. You guys went yeah. too deep. You weren't supposed to go this deep. We're using more gas down deep. You silted everything out. You blew the dive to hell. Okay, that's a learning experience.
1: Yeah. And to be devil's advocate, the uh, the people that I'll meet on a boat and will argue about the rock bottom thing because we'll come up and we'll still have a good, you know, a good chunk of, of gas in our our bottles. You know, for example, the dives we did last weekend, rock bottom was 1,200 of Trimix. So rock bottom is still like seventy or eighty dollars of gas in oh. there, right? <laughs> Actually more than that. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, eighty dollars of gas that I'm not gonna use. I'm just not gonna use it's just eighty dollars of gas. But the the thing is, it's there for the problem and you always have to plan on it. It's in the plan. And the people that argue, again, this is the devil's advocate, the people that argue I want to get the most out of my tank. I want to get the most out of my my gas fill. So they will breathe that goddamn tank down, you know, to three hundred or four hundred, or even even breathing the tank to five hundred on a hundred foot dive on an eighty.
0: Stupid, bad, bad. Well, in in their move. defense, they're going to do a fast ascent and skip the safety stops. Uh, <laughs> so we're just going to. Blow so the it's. I, I see where that. they're going. Happens, I, I get it now.
1: I'll just pop up. Yeah, I'll drop my weights and and pop up. I've always got that. I've always got my ditching the, the, the weights.
0: But. Yeah. The, the, the biggest problem, you know, and I think we have over 200 shows describing this is they're taught that mentality. Well, yeah. And that's what I think where we're going with,
1: with all of this. You know, whenever we present an accident, it's not about pointing a finger and the blame game. It, it is about let's, let's see what kind of uh, culture, if you will, is breeding this thinking or this behavior.
0: Okay, so Eric gives us four lessons for life. Number one, do not enter a cavern or cave system or any overhead environment without the proper equipment and training. The sky is blue.
1: Did did he say that too? Water is wet. Right. Fire burns. Yes, it's only (laughs) obvious,
0: but I mean... I'm just. you see it it 's so easy people just want to take that little peek mm-hmm. and there there is that arrogance of you know people want to tell the story about how they went into the wreck. Nobody wants to yeah. tell the story of how they spent spent years leading up to got all the right okay. equipment, ran the appropriate line. Follow the appropriate no. procedures and protocols to safely penetrate a shipwreck. They just want to tell the story of how they were inside of a wreck.
1: Well, James, that that story about all the training and running the line, and, and you go and he do this dive. If you watch it on on video, it's boring. It's very boring. You know that's why whenever you see these diving, quote unquote documentaries on uh, the Discovery Channel or TLC or whatever. Um, and then there's always some kind of, quote unquote, emergency. There's some kind of dire circumstance. Knowing the divers that have participated in those things, they're mostly staged. People, I, I I hate to break it to you, it's not real life. They stage it to to make it exciting. A normal dive, to the outside observer,
0: is very boring. You're just swimming. If Nothing you're doing bad, happens. Yeah, if you're yeah. doing everything <laughs> correctly. It's a pretty chill. It would be a very boring thing to watch. I mean, you and I, it's a you and I enjoy video. watching yeah. like our video oh, of, yes. of the dive, yeah. but we were there. Like to anybody else, it's like, wow, this is. Yeah. That's
1: my kids scatter when I go. Hey, dad's home. I got video from the weekend. You know, do these cool shipwrecks? You want to see them? They run. They run for. No, dad, I got to do chores. Didn't you Wait, not, did, dad, don't gotta, you need me to move rocks, dad? <laughs> exactly. We're moving rocks today, dad. Thanks. Thanks for the offer. Maybe another time.
0: Number 2 he says perform a buddy check to make sure you are ready for the dive. Okay.
1: Well, yeah, that's But th- these are things that we already know. I mean, it's that's already that's in open water 101. Hey, we be raft, man.
0: Yeah yeah and number four, if you're bored, do something to change up your routine. Make time for some pleasure dives to remind yourself why you love the sport. Just don't <laughs> get careless with students
1: well, I think i mean those are, those are all very apparent- apparent and to me they're almost again we're going we go back to the just culture and how do we really change the culture change the the uh, way things are done, change the behavior because what this instructor did is not uncommon. I've seen it a million times—not a million, but I've seen it a
0: lot. Well, it's starting. You know, it's starting with the mentality of we have to get three dives in today. I have one full tank yes, in the back. I, I must. Right. I have yes. one full tank in the back of my truck. Exactly, right? and and then you know something goes wrong on dive two, and well, you see what happens here. You know uh, that wasn't in the plan. Yeah. I was that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> Nobody ever plans to, to
1: like, okay, we're gonna get lost. Right, in the cave. it should
0: be we're gonna see, get the, lost the,
1: in a silt that, out, and we're gonna run out of gas. The
0: answer to it all is we should be doing B W R A F R O A. <laughs> so I can plan for begin with review and friend and running out of air.
1: Well, at least running out of air or getting lost, GL, getting lost, uh, uh, LTI, losing the instructor. Uh, I mean, we could go on with the acronym all day long, but a better approach is changing the mentality, the approach to the diving of uh if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. So what do I need to have
0: when it goes wrong?
1: And how do I catch yeah, it before what, it goes wh- wrong?
0: How, what do I have to have with me when one of us on this dive loses everything?
1: At the at the furthest part of the dive, at the deepest, furthest longest right, time of right. the dive.
0: Right? Yeah. That's a that's a great way to start.
1: That's how you approach it. And then it you have
0: point. to keep the plan on track the whole entire time, like, that's where the gas plan begins. That's not the end of the gas plan. Mm-hmm. That's the beginning of it. Now, Because then now you know how you can structure the, the dive of, okay, on dive three of the day, on this single tank I want to use, I have to have this much gas, which means... To
1: have this amount yeah, of time so underwater. now for, for the yeah.
0: three dives before that, <clears throat> I got to figure out how to use the rest of it so that I still have the the shit hitting the fan amount at the end.
1: Right. And then when I get to the surface, I will have the shit hitting the fan amount still in there if the shit never hits the fan, which is, that's the way, that's the cushion that's built in. So that's what I mean. I was trying to be devil's advocate because uh, some people will argue that point, that you're not getting the most out of that tank. I You paid for that amount of gas. You paid for that gas. Why are you leaving yeah, it Yeah, that's the price
0: you pay yeah. for smart, safe diving. Yes,
1: because the one time it doesn't work out, you're gonna come home and you're gonna go, oh for fuck's sake! Thankfully, all those dives, all that, all that behavior uh, that I built into my diving paid off because I'm alive to keep diving. Yeah, absolutely. So it was worth it. And, the extra couple dollars, and it
0: was worth my wife going into labor four times because I get to get home and see my four loving children. Labor Day everybody. Yes.
1: Happy Labor Day people. And thanks ladies. Thanks for 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 putting up with us and squeezing us out. That's right. <laughs> and pushing us out. I shouldn't say squeezing. Pushing us out. Anyone who's ever been through labor cuz I will tell you. I've been through labor four times with my wife. And it hurts me more than it hurts her. I promise you. <laughs>
0: Uh, you can uh, send your hate mail directly to Brandon <laughs> <Hate> at brando <laughs> at com. That,
1: that was a, a a statement, a remark more about my love and caring about my wife. Cause
0: All right. I'll sign these log books.
1: We can have ready? Sure. I think I'm ready. Hold on. Okay. Now I'm ready. Go ahead.
0: Brando, B W R A F R. O A G L L T I. Don't forget. Dear
1: Jamesy, Dear Jamesy, you forgot to add the D F T B C B A T A R B, which is don't forget to bring the cheese balls and Twizzlers and Red Bull.
0: Damn it! So how how can I, could how can I? This could go on forever. Good thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! How, how could I have forgotten? Good thing.
1: Well, now, we, thing. Have uh, now thing we have an acronym. Now we have an acronym. Good reminded
0: me too. to do our buddy check
1: before the dive. Yes. Excellent. Well, that's what acronyms are all about. And stu- hi, right, everybody! Studio.
0: Cheese balls <laughs> <laughs> and Twizzlers and Red Bulls. Safe diving,
1: folks.